RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Emergency physician, TV personality, speaker, and writer. She's Dr. Lee. It's time for the Dr. Lee Vinoker Show. Good morning and welcome back to the show. Uh, you know, during the holidays, we talk about exercising as a stress relief and you see them all over these little bands, uh, whether uh, it's a jawbone, a Fitbit, something that can so- sort of keep track of how much activity we have. And for women, um, this seems interesting. I-, I see a lot more women with them sometimes, I think. And our next guest, Dr. Arrigo is an assistant professor of psychology at the University of Scranton, Pennsylvania. And she looked at a study to say, are these helping and who are they helping? So welcome, Dr. Arrigo. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So, you know, I do see them and I I wonder to myself, is it the chicken or the egg? Because am I seeing it on the people that are running the half marathons and they're already very healthy? Um, Or... Is it really getting people that normally wouldn't get up to get up and move? I think that's one of the most important questions that we've yet to answer about these (laughs) devices. As I'm sure you and your listeners know, technology in the the private sector moves so much faster than we move in research, unfortunately. (laughs) And so we don't have a great scientific answer, but that, as I said, is one of the, the questions that we do need to answer. And if the answer is this really can help people who are sedentary, which which might be one of our research goals, how can we get these devices out to people and teach them how to use them in a way that's going to be beneficial to them? So if someone is sedentary, they have three chronic medical problems, women caring for children or for their parents or both, how are they going to have time to figure out how to use this and apply any sort of skills with it, because it's not just a matter of handing it to them. What do they do with it when they actually get it? And so a lot of my work is specifically with women trying to understand how these devices can work with the kinds of skills that we know can help women stay motivated. So how can this enhance what we're already doing that has some modest effectiveness? So now you talk about, um, you know, social networking related Mm -hmm. to that. Is it you know, are the number of your steps that you're keeping track of on that, are people putting it up on social network? Is it doing it automatically? And how does that affect how women look at it? Again, we don't have great evidence, but I can tell you why I'm interested in this aspect of using any sort of device and what I've observed with the women that I've worked with. I've now done three different studies using the Fitbit specifically in the Fitbit social network, and we chose the Fitbit for these studies because it has a particular kind of social network, and it shares your data automatically. So it shares the number of steps, it shares the number of aerobic minutes that you get each day, and it actually ranks you. If you create a private group where only your friends can see you, let's say, it'll rank you from highest to lowest, which a lot of people say can be really motivating. You don't want to be at the bottom. of that list. So there are lots of ways in which a social network can be helpful, both in your real life and online. But one of the things that I hear women say a lot is, I just don't have anybody to support me in this. You know, sure, my husband wants me to be active in the abstract, or my parents want me to, my kids want me to, but they're not the ones who are actually going to exercise with me or ask me about it or keep me accountable for this. And so women helping each other is really what I've 
I've tried to facilitate and creating these social networks with people who maybe you don't already know or you have minimal familiarity with, but you are connecting around your desire to be more active, that can be hugely motivating. So just having someone to talk to who understands what you're going through if you're trying to increase your physical activity and being able to see, are these people who I'm talking to doing what they're saying they're doing? That's hugely powerful. Yeah. And I, I mean, certainly women know this very well. I mean, Weight Watchers has been mm-hmm. a successful dieting tool because of these meetings that people go to. I mean, uh, you know, even meetings AA, we know the power of being in a group, group therapy, right? You're right. Um, a PhD in psychology. Mm-hmm. So the power of a, of a group is very, uh, very impressive. And unfortunately, what happens with group-based programs is that a lot of people don't want to go and be in treatment forever, right? Even Weight Watchers, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, after their initial weight loss, it's tough to keep up the motivation to keep going to those groups, even if you really like the people that you're working with and there's some accountability there. We don't expect people to go to groups forever for a lot of these programs, and it's not cost-effective for us or for them. So online is really the place where a lot of social networking is happening. It's free for for most people to engage with a lot of these particular networks. You have to pay for the Internet, of course. But it's free to engage with a lot of these networks. And even Fitbit, you don't have to have a device to get on the network and be able to ask other people questions. Hmm. So there are ways to connect either with people you already know or people who you don't know who are interested in being more active that can help you increase your motivation because, of course, that's that's the biggest part. We know it's important in the abstract. We really want to do it. But when push comes to shove, if we're tired or if we just are in a bad mood and we don't have the motivation, it's hard to get ourselves going. Yeah, and I think, you know, even um, online has been successful with dieting and other things, too. There mm-hmm. have been online groups for dieting and studies that have shown um by doing things online and getting motivated, it's it's certainly a way to do it. So you found um, that women who use the social network did, in fact, exercise more. Did you compare it to women that were just using the Fitbit and not using the social network? So I think that is the next step. And I want to go back to your chicken and egg <laughs> question. So one of the you just mentioned using uh, a social network for weight loss, let's say. One of the biggest outstanding questions has been, well, are the people who are using it more the people who are already going to be successful? And so they're just sharing their success. And it's not really about the social network actually driving that success and the, the behavioral changes. So what we did is, in a very preliminary way, the next step would definitely be to compare it to something else that's more minimal. Um, But what we did was we gave everyone, so there were 20 participants in, in this recent study who exercised for six weeks at the end of an academic semester. These were all adult women. Most of them worked at a university, so this is a pretty busy time for them. And we did that on purpose because we wanted them to have the support of the program during a time that was really busy when it would be easy not to exercise. So we gave everybody a Fitbit. That was standard. And the only piece that varied was how much they engaged with the social network using the Fitbit system. So everybody in the group had access to everybody else in the group, and we asked them to at least once a week go on and look at everybody else's step totals and their minutes of moderate to vigorous activity. 
uh, and post messages to each other, but they also got a partner who they could talk to as many times during the week as they wanted. And this was someone most people didn't already know their partner, but this is someone new to connect with about your physical activity. So the Fitbit was standard and everybody was using it and wearing it, but what varied was how much you talked to your partner and how much you used the social network. Hmm. What we showed was actually that during weeks when people had more social contact, either with their partners or with the the actual social network in terms of the leaderboard where people are ranked, those weeks were the ones where they had more steps and more minutes of moderate to vigorous activity. And really importantly, the weeks after they had more connection with their partners, the weeks after they talked to their partners more, those were the weeks where they had more physical activity. So this is getting closer to some evidence that connecting with people either live or using a social network, is what's actually driving the behavior. We still have a lot of work to do in this area, but we're excited to know that there's some evidence moving in that direction. Yeah, I mean, and it sounds good. Um, I know the leaderboard uh, can sound a little intimidating to people (laughs) Um, and seems a little competitive. And then there's, I guess, always the next question that you might have is, uh, you know, being truthful online. We all know how well online dating sometimes goes (laughs) as you're putting up your profile. So um, but it's very interesting study. uh, And I want to thank my guest um, for talking about it. This is the Dr. Lee Oker Show. It's Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. We're feeling good. Starts with looking good. So stay tuned into your health. <laughs> 